Can you contend for the faith without being contentious? Can you defend what you believe without being defensive? The Bible teaches we can. Find out more on today's episode of A View from the Wall. Join I Am A Watchman Ministries Managing Editor Joe Kerr with co-host Dylan Burroughs, bringing you a fascinating discussion regarding the importance of Bible prophecy and Christian living today as it relates to our responsibility as believers to be watchmen. This is A View From The Wall. Welcome to A View From The Wall. I'm Dylan Burroughs along with co-host Joe Kerr. And let's face it, Christians can sometimes be known for being defensive in how they discuss their faith. At other times, we simply don't know how to talk about our beliefs with others. How can we improve in sharing our convictions? Today, we'll find some answers from Greg Kokel. Greg is founder and president of Stand to Reason. He has spoken on more than 70 college and university campuses in the U.S. and internationally, and has hosted the call-in radio show Christianity Worth Thinking About for over 27 years. He's also the best-selling author of Tactics Now with the 10th anniversary edition that you'll certainly want to pick up a copy of from our bookstore. And Greg, welcome to A View from the Wall. Hello, boys. Great to talk with you today. Thanks. Well, we are honored to have you here with us today, yes, and Christians are called to stand to reason. That's the title of your ministry, the title of our program today, as we talk about faith in the public square. And in your book, Tactics, I want to share a quote for our listeners today, because I think it sets the stage for our discussion. It says, in a world increasingly indifferent to Christian truth, followers of Christ need to be equipped to communicate with those who do not speak their language or accept their source of authority. Now, let's talk about this, Greg. How can we begin in discussing our beliefs with other people? Well, I have a technique that I've developed over the years. It's really the core of the tactics game plan. And that is, instead of us making statements or uh, gainsaying or disagreeing with the other side directly, which just invites uh, a fight, essentially. I'm right, you're wrong. They think they're right, we're wrong. And then you got heads banging together and nobody gets anywhere. Now, I have a basic rule, and that is if anybody gets mad, I, I lose, you know. So if our approach is, uh, is that kind of thing, well, we're not going to get very far. And so what I have adopted as a core game plan is to use a, a system of questions in a very deliberate kind of way to maneuver in conversations. Now, I don't want to get in a quarrel with people. An argument, yes. Quarrels, no. And the difference for me is that I want to be able to make the case for Christianity with good reasons. That's my general goal. But tactically maneuvering in those conversations to keep from getting into a fight with somebody, well, that's a different matter. And that's when I found that um, questions, if they're used intentionally in a particular way, and this is what I teach in the game plan and the tactics book, can be a tremendous tool in keeping everyone relaxed, helping us to maneuver and stay in the driver's seat of the conversation. And that's key, fellas. It's, uh, I don't do most of the talking in conversations that I have, at least not initially. I'm trying to draw people out with questions, getting the lay of the land, that kind of thing. And this softens everything, and it keeps me from getting in a fight when a fight just isn't going to be very productive. You have an entire list of tactics that you teach. Fill us in a little bit what some of those are. Well, there, there are two parts of the book. One is the game plan, because the subtitle of the book is A Game Plan 
for discussing your Christian convictions. So we have a very particular plan that uh, has basically three parts to it in which you use questions to navigate, okay? I call it the Colombo tactic <laughs> after the infamous Lieutenant Colombo of TV fame um, who used questions in a very disarming way to be able to find uh, the bad guy in the murder mystery that was about him. And uh, and then the second half of the book is called, I just call it Finding the Flaws. And this is where all the other tactics happen to be. So really you have two parts. You have a technique of maneuvering. And the third use of the Colombo tactic is to use questions to make a point. And it may turn out, for example, that you are able to see a weakness or a flaw in someone else's view. Now, the standard temptation is to jump in and say, there, this is where you're wrong. I got gotcha. you. You know, well, this is not a very tactically sound approach. You bang somebody on the head and then they react. Instead, if you use one of the other tactics to realize, for example, that a person's view is self-refuting, that's the suicide tactic, or their view leads to a bizarre conclusion, that's the taking the roof off tactic, for example, then, then you can use a question to employ um, that notion kind of in the conversation, okay? So if, I'll just give you a good example of this. Um, now, this is the third step, remember. Uh, this is using Columbo to make a point, using questions to make a point. Somebody says to me, you know, you Christians are so judgmental. All right, so I ask them, what's wrong with that? And then they say, well, it's wrong to judge. Now, maybe your listeners have picked up on this already, fellas, but that itself is a judgment. Right. And so now I have an opportunity uh, to point out the suicidal nature of their own statement. I could just do it straight ahead. I could say, hey, you're doing the same thing that you're telling me not to do. That would be one way, but it would be inelegant. Or I could use a question to employ the suicide tactic, given that I've seen a contradiction here, and, and ask this question. Well, if it's wrong to judge, then why are you judging me right now? Now, I, I can say that in a calm, pleasant fashion, um, and I'm not being in accusatory mode, but I'm just applying their rule back on them. Now, notice, because I've asked the question, notice that the ball goes back in their court. Now it's their turn to respond, and what are they going to say? They don't have anything to say because they just realized that they were doing, or at least I pointed out, and they realized that they're doing the very thing they're telling me not to do. And see, this is the power of using the tactical approach. You have a tactic that allows you to see the problem, and then you have a tool, the Colombo method, of using questions to help them see the problem that they have without accusing them just tossing the ball back in their court with a question and then seeing what they say. And this is just a sample of the techniques that you share in your book, Tactics. I'm so excited to be talking about this because for many of our listeners, they are focused on Bible prophecy, which can sometimes be very complex in explaining and discussing with other people who don't share your position, but it is important. So when we come back, we want to apply some of these tactics to how we deal with Bible prophecy discussions. So stick with us as we continue our discussion with Greg Kokel on A View From The Wall.
from I Am A Watchman Ministries. Here's today's I Am A Watchman Minute. Did you know the message in the book, The Song of Solomon, is actually a story that foreshadows the rapture? In chapter 2, the groom, who represents Christ, offers his love to a woman. In chapter 3, the groom must leave, but promises to return and tells his bride to stand ready. In chapter 5, the groom returns as promised, this is the rapture, but his beloved is not ready. The groom knocks on her door, she's slow to respond, and when she does get up, the groom is gone. In the story, the Lord's beloved is not ready for his return and is left behind. It happened in the story, it will happen again at the rapture. Visit imawatchman.com for resources that inform, equip, and help individuals be ready for the return of the Lord. Be bold, be faithful, be a watchman. Iamawatchman.com Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burroughs along with Joe Kern. We've been talking with Greg Kokel, author of Tactics, about the way that we approach people about our faith. This is especially difficult for many of us as believers because we grew up going to church, we hang around Christian people, we may listen to Christian radio, watch Christian television, read Christian books. We don't really know how to relate to people who don't share our views. So I love the statement that Greg has in his book Tactics on page 32 of the new edition. It tells us it's not enough for followers of Jesus to have an accurately informed mind. Our knowledge must be tempered with the wisdom that makes our message clear and persuasive. This requires the tools of a diplomat, not the weapons of a warrior, tactical skill rather than brute force. Greg, tell us a little bit more about this principle. Well, one of the reasons that I uh, developed this uh, tactics material um, is because I wanted our engagements as Christians with others uh, to look more like diplomacy than D-Day, okay? Um, It's important to have the right knowledge But a good ambassador has more than that. He has a tactical skill, an ability to maneuver in conversations, okay? And this is the part that's really uh, critical, I think. Lots of Christians, um, especially your audience, are educated. They know a lot of the issues. They have answers. They know the problems with other people's viewpoint. But what's been missing, I think, in what we provided them with the knowledge is a bridge, a bridge from the content to the conversation or a bridge from the scholarship to the relationship. How do you effectively get this knowledge into play without getting into a fight with people? And this is where the tactical game plan is so helpful because it employs a very precise um, approach of using questions in order to maneuver. I, I have found, for example, and I've made reference to the Colombo tactic and the third use, which is using questions to make a point. But that's not where I start. The very first thing that I've learned to do, fellas, is I, and when I get in a conversation with somebody that I think might lead to spiritual things, um, I need to get the lay of the land. I need to gather information from them. I need to find out who they are, what they believe, uh, what they think, that kind of stuff. And if they raise objections to Christianity, then I need to get clarity on what their objections are. So I'm going to be drawing them out with all kinds of questions just to be able to get some intel, so to speak. And and once they start pushing back on my view, if that's the way it turns out, I start making a case or they start challenging Christianity with things like, well, God doesn't exist or Jesus never existed, the Bible can't be trusted or 
um, evolution is true or whatever, you know, the whole way. What about the problem of evil? Why is Jesus the only way? That can't be. All of these kinds of challenges. The very first impulse that I have, and this is, I'm saying this slowly because it's so important for your listeners, the very first impulse is to get clarification from the other person on the nature of their objection, okay? We think, I'm going to jump in and answer that, okay, if we can. Wrong move. Take your time, ask for more clarification. And here's the model question I use. What do you mean by that? Or, or some variation. What do you mean by that? Well, everything's relative. What do you mean by everything's relative? Explain that to me. I want to understand your view. Well, Jesus never existed. Do you mean the Jesus of the Bible never existed, but there was some other Jesus that, uh, that was morphed into the biblical character? Or no one made Jesus of Nazareth existed in the person? I don't know what they mean. I'm going to ask them. Now, this is against the impulse of aggressive witnesses, because they want to do a lot of talking. And guess what? I relate to that. I like doing the talking, too. I have a radio talk show. (laughs) I think most of us do. But my encouragement is to resist that impulse for a couple of reasons. When you ask questions like, what do you mean by that? Or some variation, whatever is appropriate for the conversation. You are giving that person a, a chance to talk. Okay, so you're not fighting back. It's a friendly atmosphere. You're showing a genuine interest in their views. Secondly, you're going to get more information. The more information you get about their views, the better position you'll be in in order to answer or respond with other questions. Here's the third thing, though, you're going to find out. Most people do not have a clear take on their own views. They haven't thought about them very well. They've just been socialized to make the statements they have made to to stonewall Christians. And so they say these things without thinking, reflexively, and the Christian then doesn't know what to do, and the other person is not challenged. But when you ask them, help me out, clarify that, I'm a little confused about what you mean, or something like that, and then give them more chance to answer, you'll be surprised how often you're going to get what I call the sounds of silence, you know? They're not going to know how to answer because their objection has flourished in their own mind because of lack of clarity. And when you ask for clarity, this is when they get flustered. It's very powerful. Some of our watchmen and people hearing this broadcast are probably thinking, but I didn't go to seminary. I didn't study the Bible. I I don't know what to say after I ask a question. So they say, I don't believe in what you believe. Now what? I listened and I'm still stuck. Okay, well, this is why one reason why the Columbo approach, the game plan, which is the core of the book, um, is so effective. When I give a talk on this to train people in the basics, I always start out with a promise. And here's the promise I make them. I say, in the next 45 minutes or an hour, I'm going to give you a game plan that will allow you to converse with confidence in any situation, no matter how little you know or how knowledgeable or aggressive or even obnoxious the other person happens to be. Okay, so now think of this. That's a pretty big promise, right? But I've already given you the first step. The first step is to gather information. You gather information with the question, what do you mean by that, or some variation. Right. What does anybody need to know to ask the question, what do you mean by that? They don't need to know anything. You don't need apologetics. You don't need philosophy. You don't need theology to ask a clarification question. 
the person who needs to know something is the one who's making the statement, and they got to follow up with clarification. But all your listeners are doing at this point are being a student of the other person's view. They're not committed. And I want to emphasize this. At this stage, you are not committed to entering into an aggressive conversation. You don't know if there's an opportunity. You don't even know what they believe. They may even be Christians. You don't know what their concerns are or their objections are. You have to get the intel first. This is why this approach, I think, is so great for beginners. Because the first question, what do you mean by that, gives them an opportunity to just be a learner, to not put anything on the line, to have no risk in front of them, but just to throw this out and then pay attention to what the other person says. And then you'll be able to decide whether you want to go to the next step. Well, that's a great perspective. And it really does show a level of compassion and care as well, because you're drawing out the other person's interest, you're listening, you're showing empathy, and it gives you greater insight into how to respond. Even if you don't necessarily know the scholarly answer, it gives you a way to communicate in a way that's winsome and is effective. And when we come back, we'll talk more with Greg Kokel, author of Tactics, right after this on A View from the Wall. Stick with us. No one goes to an adventure movie and leaves before the climactic ending, but that's exactly what many people do with the Bible. Author and animator Todd Hampson. Revelation is the most neglected book of the Bible, but it's the one book that explicitly says you will be blessed if you read it and study its words. My new book, The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation, features original artwork, including comic strips, easy to understand charts, illustrations, infographics, and more. The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation is literally fun to read, and it will help you to understand all of the key features of the Bible's final book. Todd produces comically illustrated books and products that help readers consider the claims of Bible prophecy in order to face today with a sense of joy, courage, clarity, and purpose. The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation is his latest, and it's available in the bookstore at IamAWatchman.com. The Nonprofit's Guide to the Book of Revelation. It's the easiest way to understand the hardest book of the Bible. Welcome back to A View from the Wall. This is Dylan Burrows along with Joe Kerr, and we've been talking with Greg Kokel, author of Tactics, and we've been talking a little bit about this idea called the Colombo Tactic. We didn't get to complete that in our last segment, so Greg, take a moment and explain the rest of the Colombo Tactic for our listeners here today. Yeah, I'm kind of hopping around here a little bit with the tactic, but oh, sure. uh, the, the tactic, the game plan of using questions has three different parts. And I mentioned the first and the third part. So let me just do them in order to keep things orderly here. Okay. I mentioned the first one is that when you enter into a conversation, the only thing you want to think about is gathering information. You want to know what the other person believes. That's it. And when they raise an objection, you want to gather more information about the objection. Okay? So you're in student mode, which is great because there's no pressure on you. Okay. You're just listening. You're not committed to going any further. You don't know whether you will. Um, once you figure out what the person believes, the next step is to figure out why they believe it. So you're going to ask them, what do you mean by that? And then you're going to ask after they've shared 
with some clarity their own point of view, you're going to ask them, here's the second Columbo question. How did you come to that conclusion? Or what are your reasons for that? Or why do you think that's the way it happened? And I'll tell you why this is such an important question. Because Christians, especially the more aggressive ones, when they hear a challenge and they've done a little of their own homework, uh, then they think, okay, I can answer that. I'm going after it. Here you go. I'm going to refute your view. You don't believe in God. You think there is no God. Okay, let me give you the reasons why there is. Well, you know what they've done is they've taken the burden of proof on themselves and given the other person a completely free ride. The basic rule is if the person makes a claim, it's their job to defend it. It's not the Christian's job to refute it. So if somebody's going to tell me there is no God, I'm not going to try to throw the Kalam cosmological argument at them or the moral argument, the teleological argument. Many Christians don't even know those things. Right. What's available to the Christian who doesn't know any of that? A question. And here's the question. Really, why don't you think God doesn't exist? Why, why don't you believe in God? Why do you think that God doesn't exist? And then the ball's back in their court. Again, this goes is especially valuable for your listeners who may not have a lot of education. Even in this second step of Columbo, they're in student mode. So they are first finding out what the other person believes, and now they're asking why they think their view is true. Notice, this is a question that people always ask Christians, and sometimes Christians have a hard time answering it. Guess what? The other side has a hard time answering the very same question. And notice when Christians are asked the question about why they believe their views are true and they can't answer it, it's unsettling for them. It's kind of like the other side has put a stone in the Christian's shoe. He may not show it right away, but he walks away annoyed and bugged by what was said because he didn't know how to answer it. Sometimes there's a seed of doubt that grows in the Christian. This exact same thing happens in reverse. You ask the atheist or the skeptic or the challenger about the reasons for their view, and just like with the first question, what do you mean by that? When you ask them, how did you come to that conclusion? You sometimes get silent because they don't know the reasons for their own view. They haven't thought about it. They're just repeating what they've heard other people say. And even if they don't show it, lots of times this pebble in their shoe, this stone in their shoe, causes them to hobble away thinking about what you've said and thinking about their inability to make the case for their own view. And by the way, notice you can do this even if you haven't offered a case for Christianity. Haven't done that yet. This is just the second step of Columbo. Now, the third step, which I talked about in our first segment, the third step, if you see a flaw, and this is what some of the other tactics in the book help you to find, then you use your insight and your questions to exploit the flaw. The book Tactics is absolutely chock-filled with all kinds of illustrations of me doing this with other people. So you can see exactly how these tactics play themselves out. And by the way, I did mention this is the 10th anniversary edition it's completely updated and expanded. So if uh, some of your listeners have the first edition, they're missing out on like six new tactics and 40% new material. 
and expanded ways that I've developed to employ these tactics that I did not include in the first edition 10 years ago. So this is completely updated and expanded. You've got a whole set of mini tactics in the back that was just a treasure to find. I love those too. Let me, let me do this. Um, Greg, when we wrap up our program each week, we try to give a message of encouragement and challenge to our watchmen who listen. Those who watch, warn, witness, and seek to finish well, they focus on Bible prophecy. So it can be a contentious sometimes topic and argumentative subject matter. Right. Tell us how can watchmen in a difficult situation like that, learn from a book like Tactics how to get people the right message and still get them to listen? Well, the the tactical approach is applicable to any Christian, regardless of the ultimate approach that they're taking to try to make the case for Christianity. could be end times prophecy, it could be fulfilled biblical prophecy in the life of Jesus, it could be classical apologetics, it could be the resurrection, whatever. The tactical approach sets the stage by letting the other person talk so you get some relational element involved, you're asking these questions, and you you have a warm and genial environment. The other person does not feel pounced on. And if you are giving them a chance to try to express their views, there's opportunity that comes in, and it's much easier to take whatever it is that you're offering, in your case, biblical prophecy, and ask them, have, have you ever considered this? And then offer that to them, and then ask for their feedback about it. What we want here is not a one-way discussion, which turns oftentimes into an argument because we're just asserting our view, and then they jump in and they push back because they're on the defense. Instead, if we start by drawing them out in a friendly way, and asking them questions about their view, and let them give their reasons for their view, it's amazing how often there are openings now for us to give our alternate view and to start making our case, and that whole atmosphere now is much more genial and friendly, diplomacy, not D-Day, so that the person you're talking to is more likely to listen to what you have to say. It's as simple as that, really. Well, this is fabulous information. And Greg, thank you so much for sharing this. We just have a moment left. Where can people get more information about you and your ministry? Well, our website for Stand to Reason is STR. That's the acronym, STR.org. And we have thousands of uh, articles and videos and uh, our radio show is there available and our blog. And uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of stuff there, and including a place they can buy the book if they want to get it. Um, so that that's what I suggest they do. They go to str.org or, uh, or they can go to Amazon if they want to get the book. So I'm thrilled about that. Well, that's great. Again, str.org. And you can also go to iamawatchman.com and check out a copy of it at our bookstore there. So you can pick it up either way and get some more information about his ministry as well as our ministry. And Greg, I want to thank you again for being with us here on A View from the Wall today. Well, boys, keep up the good work. I'm glad to partner with you. Well, we appreciate you and your work. And again, watchmen who are listening today, thank you for the work that you do to watch, to warn, and to witness. Be with us again here next time on A View from the Wall. A View from the Wall, in association with I Am a Watchman Ministries, exists to equip a worldwide audience with biblical truth, sharing it with others, and being prepared for Christ's imminent return. 
The team seeks to encourage, inspire, and equip watchmen for such a time as this. For information about the ministry and upcoming events, visit IamAWatchman.com. A View from the Wall is made possible by the team of dedicated pastors, editors, and the many contributors of I Am A Watchman Ministries. To support our efforts, give online at IamAWatchman.com and click on the Donate button. Thanks for listening and join us again next time on A View from the Wall.